cutting. And gets it through. And the Sydney Thunder, too good for the Scorchers tonight. Well done, Ben Cutting, and well done, Callum Ferguson. Welcome to all of our listeners to our Christmas edition of the Cricket Library Weekly. I'm up and about and no doubt my fellow host, Robbie McKinlay, is up and about as well. A very warm welcome to you, Robbie. Well, Matty, it's a very warm Christmas welcome to you and a special welcome for you today. You've got a bit of a a double whammy. Um, You share a birthday today with my dad. Um, yeah, oh, who, yes. I, yeah, so unfortunately I lost dad a few months ago, but um, it is a great day to celebrate. So a very happy birthday to you, Matt. Thank you very much, Robbie. Uh, a wonderful day to be celebrating. And also a big happy birthday to Joe Scuderi, if he's listening, former first-class cricketer, happens to share a birthday. Wow. And possibly, now I might be going out on a limb here, but I'd say possibly less likely to be listening is uh, Ricky Martin. Uh, but if, if you are listening, well, Ricky, many happy returns, mate. Viva la vida loca. I uh, hope you're celebrating uh, well. But, uh, Rob, I love it. R- Robbie, I, I've, um, I've hit six more than India. I'm, so, I'm sitting on 42 not out and I'm feeling quite good about life. Oh, gee, that's not a bad little segue uh, into what happened last Saturday afternoon. Mate, I was travelling back um, from my old hometown in uh, Holbrook back into Albury and I just could not believe what was happening, the, the, the carnage that unfolded on Saturday afternoon. Oh, it was incredible carnage. I was actually at the Youth Championships cricket in Dubbo and, and I was driving across from Lady Cutler Oval's to Victoria Park and I had the national yep. broadcaster on the radio and Jaspreet Bulmer was dismissed and I thought, oh, yeah, good start. That's great. And then we went and put the covers on at Victoria Park, number one, and one, yep. of, one of the parents showed me their telephone and it was it was incredible scenes. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was, it was some sort of internet hoax uh, when, I, when I saw it, but... Um, what a magnificent display from the Australian pace bowlers. Josh Hazelwood, unbelievable. Uh, something that did throw me actually uh, on, on the ABC broadcast was Alison Mitchell reading out the figures of, of Josh Hazelwood in English parlance, eight for okay. five. She said, Josh, Josh Hazelwood, the, the amazing figures of eight for five. And I'm thinking, eight for five? And then it dawned on me that it was five for eight. Um, for, for our Australian our Australian way of saying it. But uh, incredible stuff from the Aussies. And just one of those days, and it does happen to teams, that, that it has happened um, where bowlers get it right and the batters don't need to do too much wrong to just find the outside edge of the bat. And the amount of catches yep. that Tim Payne was catching was a reflection on the kind of areas where the bowlers were getting it and they were just getting it right consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Matty, I always remember... Um speaking to Dominic Thornley, um, the uh, former New South Wales 
Oh, you, uh, all rounder. <laughs> is that your first name drop of this episode, Robbie? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and he tells the story, and you might remember back, Matty, and it goes back, uh, look, it, it's probably getting close to 10 years now, but New South Wales were playing Tasmania um, and getting down in Tasmania, and they got bowled out for a very low score. I think it was around 40 or 50 or whatever. And I remember Dominic saying, and the next innings, I think they posted four or 500 in the second innings. He said, but they hardly played and missed a ball, right? But they nicked everything. And it can happen. In fact, Matt, I'm surprised at that, even at that level, it doesn't happen more often because sometimes it takes a really good batter to nick the ball. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, you know, I know it does stun a lot of people when they got it. We don't see it happen very often. But I must be admit, I'm on the um, other side of it. I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. But um, I hope it doesn't happen again in a hurry because we lost two and a half days of Test cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and day-night Test cricket as well. I was I was looking forward to coming home on Saturday night after the, the Youth Championships had finished to sit down and take in some of the action. But not to be, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. It was all, or, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, a, a magnificent performance. And uh, sounds like Australia are not going to have David Warner available for selection. Uh, his no. groin's still not right. So you'd have to imagine it'll be business as usual. No changes required. Great to see Joseph Burns hitting a six to win the game. And scoring some runs in that second innings wasn't that a nasty blow to his his left elbow oh. as well? Inc- yeah, I think anyone who's been hit there by a quick bowler, it is it's a it is it's a well, there's, there's not a lot of meat there, and it's um it can be nasty, but it, you know all players showed a lot of courage throughout that match to keep going with Joe Burns particularly, and well done to him. He um he just fought his way even the, even that second innings, Matty he struggled at the start, but he found a way and. Um, well, I thought Matty Wade's little innings that second innings too was fantastic the late start. He got the ball rolling, got an early boundary. And look, Matt, if one thing came out of that test match, I think both batting sides will show a lot more intent when they come to the wicket. Um, I, I just thought, I was really quite amazed that Australia in that first innings, it was so uncharacteristic of them. Their, their runs per ball at their strike rates that they were facing, Matty, was it quite, it, it was incredibly low. Um, I just thought it was um, – they got caught out a bit there. I think both sides, they were batting for survival. You look at Matt Wade, eight runs or 51 balls. Joe Burns, eight or 41. Steve Smith, one run of 29 balls, and it goes on like that. So yeah. I just thought the middle to lower order showed a lot more intent. Tim Payne was a very deserving, I thought, player of the match. He came out, he's 73 not out of 99 balls, yeah. 10 boundaries. He turned things around. He is a wonderful leader of our nation. I'm a massive Tim Payne fan. And can we say as well, well done, Gav Joshi. He gave us a preview of the test match and you asked him for one player from each team who he thought would stand out and TD Payne was his pick for Australia and he's got yes. man of the match on us. So Gav on the right. money, as we'd expect from Gav Joshi. Just, just some other stats, Robbie. There's, mm-hmm. there's been 2,000... Oh, now, I, I must credit here one of our loyal listeners. Um, I was I caught up with one of our loyal listeners from the Central West region uh, during the week, and, and he he provided me with some of this information. In fact, all of this information. It was the 2,396th test match, that match between Australia and India. And out of all of those games, 
that total from India was the fifth lowest ever. Yeah. Yep. Did you say 2,396 test matches? Yeah. Yeah. So this, so this one coming up in Boxing Day will be the – we are going to be getting very close to 2,400 test matches. We well, are going hey. to be getting very close. And can I just add as well, Robbie – uh, Please do. India's previous lowest total of 42 back in 1974 at the home of cricket. And it was also in the third innings of the game. So just, a, just a nice little tie in there. Did you say 42? Yeah. That's oh, hang on a minute. Are. Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. There you go. You're 42 today. Hey, Matt, just on the 42, and I know you love the Australian cricketers, Australian test cricketers who average who have got averages in the forty twos. You know, get a load of this. Now I'm gonna save the best for last year because I know oh. you're absolutely loving <laughs> Okay, here my we mouth go. is watering at the moment, Robbie. This Kepler is... Kepler Wessels average forty two. Michael Slater average forty two. Jack Singleton forty two. Ian Chappell forty two. Brian Booth forty two. Oh. Get this, get this, saving best for last. Chris Rogers, average 42. Oh. Happy birthday, Madeline. <laughs> that is the best birthday present ever. C.J.L. Rogers, one of my favourite all-time Australian cricketers, averaged I know. my age in Test cricket. Yep. That, is, that is incredible. That is, I, I really appreciate you delving into the archives to do that research. Oh, I've got my daughter Faith here wanting to say hello, Robbie. Might just G'day, see you to say hello. Say hello beautiful. To have, lovely to have Faith join the Cricket Library Weekly podcast. Yeah. What a special edition. A lovely Christmas present for all our listeners. Yeah, my two-year-old daughter, Faith, she's been a bit shy. She's come into the library studios here and she's gone very quiet all of a sudden. So we might take a, a little break, Robbie. I'm going to play a little piece of Nathan Horitz, who we caught up with on the Cricket Library podcast earlier this year, he had a memorable test match, uh, must have been around 2009, I think, at the MCG, Australia versus Pakistan. It was a good test match, actually. Australia 5 for 454 in their first innings. They ended up winning the game by 170 runs. But the interesting part was... Horry got to be night watchman and he peeled off 75, batting at number five for Australia. So I'm just going to play some of his reflections on that game for you now. And if you'd like to listen to the full Nathan Horritz story, you know what to do. Yeah, uh, look, Boxing Day test is, yeah, look, it, it'll probably be the, the, the biggest thing you do as a, as a young Australian cricketer. And... Now, the whole lead up to it, the training, the food, you know, yeah. just uh, the being around families, all that sort of thing. You know, you're spending Christmas with a completely different family. Um, you know, it's, a, it's a pretty surreal experience. And then playing Boxing Day, you know, day one, there's always a big crowd. Uh, you know, it's always, you know, 60,000 plus, so quite loud. And then, yeah, night watch when I remember, but I was padded up, so Pup told me to go pad up. Um, you know, there was 10 overs to go because uh, I just, no, I hadn't. I'd, um, yeah, so he said, look, go, go pad up. And then so we were there. And then someone got out. I can't remember who it was. 
got out with it was like five overs to go. So it was still a fair while to go. Yeah. And Pup was humming and hurrying what to do. And I was sort of there, gloves on, helmet on. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And then they said, you go, Rich, you go. So anyway, um, yeah, I went out to bat. I was batting with um, Huss. Yep. And, uh, yeah, look, it, it was pretty cool going out there, you know, to face Huss said, mate, you make sure you face most of the deliveries, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no drama. So mum and I'm here bowling mid-140. And, you know, look, it was just, uh, I got through it. And then I survived the next day. I survived a, a run out. You know, I almost got run out. And then it was just a lot of fun. You know, look, I've just backed myself, played, you know, the wicket was really flat. I just played, played the way I do and uh, got a bit of luck here and there and, and made some runs. And some wonderful insights there from Nathan Horitz about the Boxing Day experience. What an experience it would be. I've only ever been to one Boxing Day test match myself, Robbie, and it was actually for my 21st birthday. So 21 years ago, I was staying – the whole family went down um, and we stayed in Melbourne just – just the other side of Punt Road, Richmond there. And we yep. we did a tour of the MCG on my birthday. I think someone bought me a drink. Um, one, of the, one of the bar staff bought me a drink. Uh, and so we did the tour. Then we, um, we watched the Aussies train. And I think I might have done the same on Christmas Day. I might have wandered over and watched, watched the team's training. And then B. Lee made his arrival on the scene in Test Cricket and rolled through India in that game. Five wickets on debut I, from Brett Lee. I think Ramesh I was at that might have been his too. first one. Are you serious? I was, at that te- I was at that same Test match, yes, up in the uh, Southern Stand watching that. You, you're joking. I was actually in the Southern Stand yep. as well for day one. So There you go. I was Southern Stand day one and then uh, had a three-day pass for the outer and there's, yep. a, there's a fair bit of rain. I've got photos in my photo yeah. album back when people used cameras. Uh, That's showing my age here, 42. Um, yeah, we, we had we had some footage of the amount of surface water over the, the MCG Correct. there. It was t- torrential rain at different stages in that game. And the arrival of the most one of the most exciting prospects in Australian cricket at the time, Brett Lee, didn't he send shivers through the Indian top order? He had them quaking in their boots. <laughs> no, I do remember that one, Matty. That was a um, yeah, a, a fantastic occasion. Yeah, and I think the rain poured down late in the day. Um, yeah, Brett Lee, that was first of his seventy-six Test matches. Yeah, that he uh, played cap number three eighty-three. Um, yeah, and I remember the amount of rain. I mean, and I think I remember one a stray person got out on the ground and he was just <laughs> diving through the water, and security ended up apprehending the young man, yeah. and away he went. Yeah, so. But, hey, mate, but I tell you just what, just, your... just just on the rain delay as well, sorry, um, Yeah. wouldn't that have been a great day for the uh, MCC Cricket Library? Yeah, it'd be pouring in. I, I, I must admit I did spend a bit of time in the Cricket Library when oh, I was no, down shocked there. Shocked me. Shocked me. <laughs> oh, one of, one of the great libraries uh, around the place yeah. if you haven't been. But sorry, Robbie, you were about to, to share another stat, I think. Well, yeah, just going to share on that 42 being your birthday today. Australian Test cricketers who played forty-two Test matches. Oh, this would be good. Yeah, Monty Noble. Oh yes. Peter Birch. Yes. And Normie O'Neill. Oh, this is this is outstanding. My day is my day is improving and, every minute. 
And if you can get through another four years, you will be celebrating with Greg Blewett. Oh, G.S. Blewett, one of my favourites. Yeah. I, I, he was a great Julio back in the days, Greg Blewett. Yep. Enjoy his insights. I actually, I'm gonna, this will be my first name drop of the episode. I actually oh. I, I actually bumped into Greg Blewett. Um, I'm, I'm a classic cricket nerd and in awe of the Julios of that sort of mid-1990s era. And... I actually bumped into Greg Blewett at a time when one arm on my glasses had totally snapped off. So here I am, oh, no. nerd, racing up to Greg Blewett, just looking as suave as ever, wearing his sunnies, getting ready to commentate a game for, for Channel 7. And the 40-year-old cricket nerd comes up and pesters him for a photo. So I've got a great photo of myself and GS Blewett with uh, oh. one arm missing on my glasses. It's uh, very, very proud moment that one for me um, possibly not as much so for Mr Blewett but uh, there you go let's move on before wow. I embarrass myself any further and we're talking Big Bash Big Bash it is time to talk Big Bash Robbie some exciting games the last couple of days uh, both games going down to the last over Brisbane Heat falling two runs short last night and the Sydney Thunder as we heard in the intro, Ben Cutting hitting the winning runs for them down in Canberra against the Scorchers, who we both highly fancy. We both really do like the look of that Scorchers squad on paper. And I dare say their position on the ladder doesn't indicate where they'll be finishing on the ladder. They've got a lot of very talented players at their disposal down there, and I'm sure they're not far away from moving their way up the ladder. What have your thoughts been, Robbie? The Hurricanes, have they surprised you? A little bit of a surprise to see them on top of the ladder. Um, I know our good friend from uh, Scotland, Fraser Middleton, will be very happy at that. But they've been good. And, Matty, I, what I look, do like, I, I really enjoying these new rules, particularly um, the 10-over landmark yeah. where, where they allocate another point. And if you have a look at some of the sides, you've seen like the Adelaide Strikers. They've only won two games, Matt, but mm. they've picked up three bonus points. That means... Three out of the four games, they've had a win at the 10-over mark. And I, at the end of the day, they, if you accumulate a few of those, they could be almost like an extra win or two in the bank. So, Well, it I already is. Help. Yeah, the strike yeah. is three, three bonus yeah. points. That's the equivalent yeah. of one regular game win. So, Absolutely. Well, they've played the same amount of – they've played um, – Thunder have, both, have won two games, as have the strikers, but they are three points clear. So – but, yeah, look, I, I, I really agree with you. Perth Scorchers, I love that bowling attack they've got. Yeah. I think they'll be really hard to handle. And also, they, they'll bat better than that. I, I, yes, big on those. Probably Brisbane Heat. Now a hamstring injury to Chris Wynn oh. last night in the warm-up, if you don't mind. So he's going to be out. And it's a very congested schedule coming up to Matt Ellis. Yeah. So we could see Chris Lynn miss next four to five matches. So that's going to be a savage blow to their hopes. Do we have any um, look, intel on Rashid Khan? Didn't he oh, have some concerns as well? Because for the Adelaide strike, both those both those clubs, the strikers and the Heat, I would say Rashid Khan is probably your A-list player at the strikers yeah. and probably the hardest to replace. And Chris Lynn, his mountain of runs – that he contributes each and every season is going to be yep. very hard to replace 
and Jimmy Pearson, hats off to him. Didn't he yes. didn't he get them out of the mire last night in what was an incredible display with the bat? Close, but not quite there. Very impressive, I thought, from Jimmy Pearson. Hey, Matty, I believe it was a record nine-wicket partnership in BBL history. Wow. Yeah, and I think it went uh, something like, was it 60 or 70 runs? So, yeah, that was great. Um, they, they nearly got over the line there. But, yeah, I'm, but just back on um, getting back onto those, those injuries, um, our little Afghan whiz, <laughs> spinners, his hamstring looked a lot more serious for mine than perhaps um, Chris Lynn. Uh, They're both going to go undergo scans um, today. Yeah. But um, oh, I, I just, re- I really am worried about Rashid Khan. Um, yeah. It, that, that to me, that was a football injury. Uh, I don't think he'd be playing for three or four weeks. So that's going to really take them deep. Yeah, that's a that's going to pose some questions for the Adelaide Strikers and. Because he's really been their main man in previous seasons yep. and will be very hard to replace. Now, um, just some other other interesting uh, factors to come out of, out of the Big Bash, Robbie, fielding a very important part of the game. Melbourne Stars have dropped the most catches, yet they're still sitting up near the top of the table. They've dropped five catches this year, the Stars, the Sixers, four Scorchers, Heat and Hurricanes, three. Thunder and Strikers, two each. But the Melbourne Renegades have only dropped one catch. <laughs> They're holding more catches than they're making runs, I reckon, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> they, um, yeah. It's, yeah, well, you know, who, who knows? I think um, at, just at the moment, the Gades, for mine, Matty, are, are going to have a, a big task to get into that top yeah. five. Yeah. Um, looks like the Heat. They're gonna they're gonna need some a bit more luck in the new year, but um, it's really only just saying the warm up, isn't it? You have a look at one of the Canes have played four matches and the Strikers have played four, but everyone else has only played three. The big there's a big game coming up on Boxing Day evening up at Monica Oval, Canberra, Sydney Thunder taking on the Renegades, and that is a chance for the Thunder to really put some space. Now they are currently one position higher than the Gades. If they were to win that game and get the bonus point. That could put them seven points clear wow. of the next side in finals. So it's a big game, isn't it? And then Perth and Scorchers, they only got two points, Matty, after three games. They need a win as well. Yeah, they're a bit of a bogey team for the Thunder, the Renegades. Last season when... They the, have been, haven't when, they? Yeah, when the Thunder were going quite well. Thunder did beat them down at uh, Marvel Stadium, Dockland Stadium, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the early rounds of the competition. But when the Thunder were on a bit of a roll in back in February, they played at Monica Oval and the Renegades got the job done, batting first. So I'll be very interested to see how that how that sort of pans out. Uh, bit of bit of an opportunity for the Renegades to keep themselves in the hunt. And I, I'd imagine Aaron Finch uh, will be coming back into calculations for selection. He's had a bit of a time. He's missed a, a game or two there, but I'd imagine he'd be ready and raring to go to yeah. get into the Thunder and give them a really good match there on Boxing Day. But how good's Boxing Day looking, Robbie, with, of oh. course, the oh. test match during the day. Then we've got back-to-back BBL fixtures oh, no. coming it's up heavy. after it. It's um, 
It's a happy time. And Robbie, plenty of Big Bash action coming up. Do you want to run us through what we've got to look forward to in the coming few days? We've got a lot to look forward to, Matty, haven't we? Um, it's, as you said, you you uh, touched on the Boxing Day bonanza that we've got. And on that Boxing Day, to kick things off, we have got Sydney Thunder. Hey, looking forward to watching Ollie Davies again in action too. The little master blaster from uh, from over in the uh, northern suburbs of Sydney. He made 36 off 22 on his debut. That 60 hit off Jason Berendorf was oh. just cool. Straight after the drinks break, if you don't mind, that was set in the business. They take on the game. Then later on that night, this will be an absolute beauty from Metricon Stadium in Queensland, Sydney Sixers and the Melbourne Stars. So this will be a beauty, oh, that one. Oh, yes. Um, replay of last year's grand final, that one too, Matt. So, and yeah. then... Um, Coming up, if you can just send us easy way into Sunday, we've got uh, a terrific game coming Brisbane Heat and Hobart Hurricanes, bottom versus top. And then I think one of the games of the tournament coming up at the Adelaide Oval, the Perth Scorchers take on the Strikers, Matty. So, but hey, you, you've just got a feast of BBL cricket coming up. If you haven't had enough of the Test match during the day, just sit in and enjoy BBL action at night. You get all sorts. If, Haters for everyone. Oh, absolutely, Robbie. And uh, you mentioned Ollie Davies there at the Thunder. Sam Billings coming into that Thunder squad as well. So probably some decisions to be made. Uh, yeah. Uh, some, some good decisions to be made uh, around that Thunder squad. We probably shouldn't focus too much on the Thunder. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty plenty happening as well at the other franchises. It's worth mentioning. It was great to see the youngster, uh, the youngest ever uh, BBL player. Did you see that, Robbie? On it, it was on Saturday. It might have slipped under the radar a little bit with the with the Renegades taking on the Hobart Hurricanes. Yeah. Le- Left hand spinner, and I've got a feeling. Now, I don't know if you'd call this a, a setup or not, but um, Nor Ahmed, Nor Ahmed, yeah. uh, four overs, one for twenty seven. Um, I've got a feeling that it's his 16th birthday today. I'm going to look him up right what? now. Yeah, I'm um, Nor Ahmed. Um, he doesn't share a birthday with you, surely. Let's let well. Let's let's just check. Let's just check. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look. Look here. Oh, it's not actually. I, oh. I've been given a bum steer by a, a young, um, a young listener. From okay. who I was talking to at a at a youth championships game during the week, he said, "Oh yeah, I think he he doesn't turn sixteen till Christmas Eve." And I'm thinking, "Ah, oh, gee. gee," but he actually doesn't turn sixteen till the third of January. So, oh, well. uh, I I don't know. Nice build up. I don't know if I like him as much now, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was my favourite player. Uh, hey, you, hey, you still got Ricky Martin. Was, you know. Yeah, I've got Ricky Martin yeah. and I've got the great Joe Scuderi, so I'll I'll be happy yep. with that for now. But yeah, Nor Ahmed, um, Afghanistan under nineteens, only fifteen, and in the Big Bash, Robbie, can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine being in the Big Bash at at, at that age? Incredible. You know, I was battling my way through year nine, I think, at that age. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That was a challenge. Yeah, oh, probably some of the hardest years of. Uh, yeah. Young boys' lives is that year nine, year ten period, but 
But um, Ben McDermott striking them well also, Robbie. 89 not out in that game off just 55 balls, seven fours yeah. and five sixes, if you don't mind. And, of course, we have a look at the, um, the key stats. The Hurricanes have the golden cap sewn up at this stage in the batting. Colin Ingram, 145 runs. Ben McDermott, 135. And the Bradbury swinging Tim David, 124 runs. Haven't received any contact from Bradbury since last week. Um, but we'll, we'll keep working on it. Callum Ferguson, 115 runs. James Vince, 103. And Josh Felipe, 102. They're the players who have scored over 100 runs. Um, Robbie, and looking at economy rates for bowlers, Adam Zampa, top of the list, 4.25. No surprise yeah. there. He's very good short format bowler. Nathan coulton from the Stars as well, 4.83. Then you've got Wildermuth from the Heat, Ben Menenti from the Sixers, both at six and over. Then you've got Carlos Brathwaite at 6.38. Liam Hatcher, 6.43. And... A couple of players who, who shone last night, Daniel Worrell, 6.44. His death bowling's been exemplary. And XC Bartlett, the man that we uh, discovered in the Sheffield yep. Field earlier this season, Robbie, and we're going to get some intel on him. Hasn't he been uh, a revelation for the Brisbane Heat? He's going at 6.5 and over as well, so one of the one of the better economy rates in the Big Bash this season. Robbie, do you want to run us through the, the wicket wicket takers? Have you got the, well, the, the wicket takers there? Well, it's no wonder, isn't it? Just those stats you're reeling off the fourth. It's no wonder that the Hobart Hurricanes are doing so well, isn't it? Because you only have to look at their the leading. If you're going for all the leading run scorers there, um, and the leading wicket taker is none other than um, James Faulkner, the finisher. The finisher. He's got eight. Got eight wickets. But also, what I like that too. He also has a nice economy rate, just just a bit over six and a half. But, yeah. um, but Benny Dorsey is from the Sydney Sixers. For mine, he's taken seven wickets in just two matches, and yeah. Peter Siddle um, as well. So Sid's was six wickets. So oh, Sid, um, Sid's went up to eight last night, Robbie. Oh, sorry, he did too. He got picked up a couple last night. Eight. Yeah. So look, I think um, as I said before, fairly early days, but. Yeah, Benny Dorsey is really coming on, isn't he? That nice left arm slides him on really quick, and gets he, up and at you. He hits him clean as well. You get Benny Dorsey in. Absolutely. Uh, he's almost um, a little bit like a Daniel Sams with the bat. Oh, Daniel but, Sams. I'm waiting for you to mention that. Yeah. Well, can we just can we just have a look? I just want to – I'm not sure uh, what, what we'll find here, but – oh, hang on a minute. Most sixes scored is Ben McDermott with eight. But second, Daniel Sams, DR Sams, seven sixes. Seven. And then, of course. All in one inning. Yeah. And then, then Daniel Christian. How good's Dan Christian going oh. just quietly? <laughs> the boy from Narendra in the River in a Heartland. Uh, yeah. We, we said about him, Matty, before. He's one of the most travelled T20 cricketers in the world and one of the most successful. Success just follows him. And yeah. For half century of 16 balls, oh, that's going. That's nearly a boundary of all. What an acquisition he's been yeah. for Sydney oh. Sydney Sixers. Ashton Turner's cleared the rope six times, as has Christine yeah. as well. So plenty of power hitting. And we'd expect, we'll expect much more of that in the coming days in the Big Bash. 
But, Robbie, we have a very full mailbag to look at. So before we get before we get to the mailbag, because uh, there might be some birthday cards in the mailbag, actually. We'll, no, no. We'll, we'll have to have a look. But um, Matt Fiction's got something for us before then. So let's have a listen. I, I think this could be about one of my favourite players in the Big Bash. But we'll see, we'll see what Matt's come up with. Let's see, let's see if we can draw any conclusions about who Matt Fiction might follow. We love T. Sanger. Gives the ball a massive rip. Leg spin for the win. Leg spin for the win. For the right. win. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> now, you, you were asking last week uh, if I knew who Matt Fiction supported in the Big Bash. I don't know if that might give us a clue. We've had haiku poems about Alex Ross. We've had Daniel Thunder. Sams. Thunder. We've had um, Mitchell Swepson. Yeah, not Thunder. Yeah, but, but leg spinner. So that, that could be the caveat there. Um, we've had a, a generic one about the Melbourne St- – oh, no, Meg Lanning. Meg Lanning at the Melbourne Stars. Yeah. Um, just going back through the archives here. Cameron Green. Yes. And I think that's all I can remember. And then he's had a few generic ones about covers blowing off and – uh, yeah. That that sort of stuff. So, I think the jury's still out. But I just think in recent, I think in recent times, um, I dare say, like if if we happen to get a poem, now I can't, I don't want to preempt anything here. But if we were to say get a poem about Baxter Holt before the end of the year, then I think we can probably confirm our suspicions. But until then. I think we need to just give him the benefit of the doubt and say we're not, not sure who Matt Fiction supports in the in the BBL. Yeah, you reckon the jury might be still out, Matt? I reckon the jury have come up with a decision, and um, I think so. You reckon the ju- you, you reckon the yeah. jury are just keen for another another free lunch while yeah, <laughs> while, so. <laughs> while they deliberate over things for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't think there'll be an appeal. Oh, now, now, Robbie, um, a couple of very, um, very good Matt's mailbags have come through. We, we had one come through yeah. from A.E. Norton. Now, um, I think given the fact that there's only been a handful of games in the Big Bash, it, it possibly is a bit too hard to answer this in detail, but I'll put it, I'll put it to you right now. Yeah. If you could... Add one player to each BBL and WBBL roster. Who would you add and why? So it's fairly broad, broad, broad question there. But um, and it is still early days in the Big Bash. Certainly the WBBL um, run and won, so to speak, for this season. But who, who are you? Who do you want to see in the Big Bash, Robbie? Yeah, very open-ended question from A.E. Norton. There's no doubt about that. Look, you know what I'm, so what I'm going to do here, mate? I'm going to cut straight to the chase here. If I was a BBL franchise, I'd be just could not wait till we get the Indian players become available because the first player you go for is someone like Virat Kohli, wouldn't you? So oh, imagine Virat Kohli in the big yeah. dash. 
all the clubs. Yeah. So mate, it'd be like when AB de Villiers, uh, we, we got yeah. a sniff AB de Villiers was going to be available. I would say, now I'm just speculating here, I would say that his management would have fielded calls from eight different clubs. I could yep, be wrong there, but he, he's he's on your speed dial, isn't he? Yep. And you'd throw Boomer in there. He'd go oh, Jasper Boomer. He'd so be on your speed dial. I think that if A.E. Norton can just join the dots, read between the lines, that's where I'm heading with that. I think that would solve a lot of yeah, so In you know, general, yeah. generic answer there, Indian cricket is A.E. Norton. You know another one that I think uh, would be very handy uh, who's previously played for the Sydney Thunder. Sorry, I'm going down the Thunder line here, but Alex Hales has done a good job to replace him. Jos Butler. Yep. Jos Butler call. could hit 360 degrees of the ground. When he's in, uh, he's incredible. And I think some of the teams that are struggling for runs in, in the competition could benefit from a, a Jos Butler coming in and, and filling that role and, and maybe bolstering up and bolstering up a team that needs, needs some extra stability in their top order. So uh, we'll, 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 we'll keep pondering this though, um, Angus, and we'll, we'll add some players to, to each team's squad throughout the season. How's that sound, Robbie? Yeah, I think that's a it's a, a nice, polite answer to a very long, open-ended question from from Angus. A, a very loyal listener who is highly engaged is. in the podcast and we're very thankful for that. Now, we've had yeah. our first airmail. It's, ah. it's come in from Sri Lanka uh, and I might, I might even throw this to you as well. I'm going to go back to Sarath um, to give him a more detailed response. Uh, he was really interested and intrigued by some comments from Michael Hussey around India's batting in the innings where they were skittled for 36. And basically, in essence, uh, wanting to know our thoughts, Robbie, on, on whether the footwork of the Indian players is the critical element to batting in Australia's mm. challenging and bouncy surfaces. So... My, my first thoughts on this is is that it doesn't really matter if you're batting on the Adelaide Oval, Victoria Park number one in Dubbo, or the Moon. Footwork is always going to be imperative in the early stages of your innings. And getting yourself into a position where you've got access to the ball, uh, you've got good off-stump awareness, you know when you can shoulder arms and when you need to play um, – yeah, getting yourself getting yourself into the, to the right position, having a, a a nice steady head and eyes level, they're probably the keys to batting. And I don't really think it matters what surface you're playing on. If you're doing those things well, you're going to score runs, Robbie. Yeah, that's exactly right. I reckon Michael Hussey hit the nail on the head with that. Um, particularly Test cricket, where you've got time on your side. You look at um, Coley; he's a great example of that. Quite often. You might see him just six off, you know, 25 to 30 balls, and then he works his way into it. Um, and absolutely, footwork is so important and was probably one of the things that started to flow a bit for Joe Burns in that second innings and Matthew Wade. Yeah. Feet was started to move really nicely. So, um, yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a really good, great question there from Sarah. Um, 
And I, I just brought Mike Hussey's answer to that. His discussion points on that were outstanding. Um, yeah, it, 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 the rest sort of looks after itself. But absolutely, most important, you've got to get yourself in, give yourself a chance, and then build your innings. No, thank you, Sarah. That's a great little question. Yeah, and it's, it's great to have our listeners uh, from all around the world touching base. Uh, Sarah from Sri Lanka there, but we've had Fraser Milton, of course, uh, touching base with us from Scotland. Uh, yep. We've had Sydney. Well, we've had a postcard from Brisbane sent from Sydney. That's that's probably the, the biggest anomaly we've had. We've had the the, the central west of New South Wales uh, reach out to us. So keep those postcards coming in. I know it's a busy time uh, for the mailbag over the Christmas New Year period. Um, obviously, lots of birthday cards coming in today. I don't actually... I assume lots came in. Robbie, I don't actually have any here. Did you Did you happen to see any birthday cards coming through or? No, I didn't actually. I, oh. had a, um, I got a Christmas card from the library itself, which is very nice. But um, no, just at this stage, Matt, I have not had any come to the, um, oh. the Rivergum Drive mailbox, but I'm sure they will roll in on your 42nd birthday. Yeah, I, I don't know if we've mentioned my birthday enough, Robbie, but um, I think it is time for us to go. We'll be back. We, we, we're gonna, yes. Are we, we going to catch up uh, before the end of the year and do another one? Of course we will. Absolutely. The cricket. I reckon this time, next, this time next week you might see just a little finale to 2020. And the way 2020 has been going, that would be good riddance to it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> will we? <laughs> We'll be uh, marching on into 2021. Um, Merry Christmas, Robbie. Thank you so much for being with us on the Cricket Library Weekly this year. It's been absolutely magnificent having your company, not to mention all of our loyal listeners. We've got loyal listeners all around the world that tune in. Uh, I'd like to wish all of you a a very Merry Christmas as well. I hope you get some time with the people closest to you and can enjoy some cricket. There's no shortage of cricket coming up, so I'm sure you'll be able to do that. And, Robbie, looking forward to catching up with you again before the year's out. You too, Matty. I hope you and your family have a, a great festive season. Enjoy your 42nd birthday. Um, you, you just keep racking up the 21s, mate. Keep <laughs> double them. Hope you, hope you can double 42 now. Oh. Yeah, everyone, we, um, yeah, keep safe, and um, we look forward to catching up to you in a week's time for our... Finale for 2020. This has been Maddie Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. Merry Christmas, everyone, and bring on Boxing Day.